You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into the Hoist the Colors podcast. I am Stephen Igo, the host of this podcast, the publisher of hoistthecolors.net. Uh, it's our first podcast since last week's interview with Mike Houston. Of course, that was a big one, had a ton of downloads, ton of listens, and we appreciate everybody for that. We appreciate everybody that has already subscribed to the Hoist the Colors podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google podcast spotify wherever you get your podcast of course if you're not subscribed yet go ahead and do that that way you get it straight to your phone i know a lot of people listen to us through hoistthecolors.net but it's easiest and most convenient if you have it straight on your phone you'll get a notification whenever we drop a new episode etc so it's definitely something that uh, i can recommend uh, as we continue to go along in the off season we'll have more and more podcasts of course leading up to the season opener when we get started with preseason camp coverage in August, we'll really turn it up with uh, opponent previews, with position previews for ECU, that sort of stuff. Uh, but today, we are really talking recruiting. Uh, just a gigantic recruiting weekend ECU is coming off of. Uh, of course, if you're a member of Voice of Colors, even if you're a, a free reader, I mean, you know how important this weekend was for recruiting. And to take you a little bit... You know, under the VIP envelope, of course, this podcast available to all free patrons out there. Uh, on our commitment list, we have nine verbal commitments showing up on 24-7 Sports for East Carolina. But in reality, there are 12 players that have given their commitments to ECU for the 2022 class. The Pirates actually have three silent commitments right now uh, coming off this weekend. They picked up five commitments total of the 10 official visitors. Of course, two of those players were already committed uh, going into their visits in Jamarion Franklin and Siobhan Revel um, or Revel. I'm, I'm not 100% sure I pronounced that yet, but still trying to figure that out. So Siobhan Revel and Jamarion Franklin. Then you add on the five other visitors that committed. That is seven out of 10 visitors that left Greenville, North Carolina in their official visits as Pirates. So that's why you saw some of the coaches tweeting 7 out of 10 as far as getting commitments and future Pirates because they got 70% of the visitors left the weekend as commitments. And really, you know, since I've started covering recruiting, of course, there's been, been big official visit weekends that resulted in multiple commitments. There have been uh, monster official visit weekends where you have a ton of commitments kind of in right before signing day. But this is the first weekend I've ever covered where you have a ton of guys who are uncommitted that all kind of commit at one time. And not only did you have those seven guys on campus, but you also had Ethan Lang, who uh, an offensive lineman from IMG Academy in Florida, one of the top programs nationally. He announced his commitment on Sunday that kind of added to this craze. And, you know, Lang has actually been a silent commitment for about a week and a half now, but he makes that news public on Sunday. So, a lot to talk about, a lot to cover because we haven't really we haven't really had a podcast talking about the 2022 
recruiting class, you know, typically I like to do a podcast on each individual commitment, but this has happened so quickly. It's honestly been tough to keep up with on the site just as far as writing coverage is concerned. So, of course, when it comes to doing this podcast and doing it in audio form, it's been even tougher. You know, I'm obviously going to, you know, cater to our subscribers first and foremost. So we want to get something written up for those guys. But this will be a nice exercise for us to kind of recap what's happened thus far in audio form. So, again, nine commitments showing up on the 24-7 sports commitment list for East Carolina right now. The first was the Lewisburg College DB, uh, Siobhan Ravel, back on June 18th. And here we sit here, I'm recording this on the evening of June 28th. The Pirates have picked up 12 commitments in a 10-day span, in really a 9-day span. Uh, 10 days if you count today, but all those guys were in the boat as of yesterday. So we're going to go through all of the commitments that we have reported on. If you're a VIP subscriber, we've already kind of let you guys know who the silent commitments are. Um, if you're not a subscriber, you know we won't divulge the details just yet. I can tell you that there are two offensive linemen who will be announcing in the coming days, and also a linebacker. I'm expecting those announcements right around the 1st of July, and then one of them on July 4th. So we'll have continued coverage of those recruits as they release their commitments and of course we'll have reactions to that and we usually do a scouting report on each commitment kind of breaking down their film what they bring to the table that sort of deal uh i'm still catching up on all the guys that popped this weekend we've already got scouting reports up on a number of the commitments um who we will cover here in the next several minutes so let's do this let's go through the commitment list as we know it and we will go one by one i'll kind of give uh, a few thoughts on each commitment that ECU has picked up in the last week or so, and we'll kind of do a breakdown that way at the end of the podcast. Uh, I'll talk about kind of the biggest needs going forward as far as positionally. You know, we'll talk about some of the guys who visited but did not commit, and we'll break it down that way. So we'll first go through one by one on the ECU commitment list for the 2022 class. We'll start at the top. The one guy who has a 24-7 sports composite rating at the time of this recording is J.D. Lampley out of Richmond High School in Rockingham, North Carolina. This is a guy who has been a top target of East Carolina for well over a year now. He was one of the first prospects defensive coordinator Blake Harrell offered shortly after taking the position in 2020 and you know the interesting thing about Lampley is great size at six two and a half 292 pounds he's camped at multiple places that 24 7 sports has been at they verified that size you know I saw him on Saturday just walking around the campus just a big thick defensive lineman absolutely looks apart uh looks apart better really more so than what ECU typically gets on the defensive line kind of coming out of high school uh his other main competitors in his recruitment, he took an official visit to Coastal Carolina a week ago. He also had a committable offer from Duke. You know, Liberty was in there a little bit. Air Force and Army offered scholarships. Navy as well. South Carolina offered a scholarship earlier in the process. They kind of wanted him more for the offensive line. Um, not sure how committable that offer was at the end of the day, but they obviously liked him enough at one point to offer. Harvard and Yale were among Lampley's other offers, so again, a great student as well to have those offers along with these service academies. But a uh, really good all-around prospect. And honestly, you know, even though he visited Duke, visited Coastal Carolina, I just always felt 
And I talked to JD throughout the process. I just always felt he, he was a perfect fit for a pirate. And he kind of told me, you know, his visit to East Carolina was perfect. It was exactly what he was looking for. But kind of just a no-nonsense, you know, country-type kid, strong as an ox, and he just loves football. You know, really doesn't want to deal with the, the BS. Uh, kind of, you know, he's not a huge social media guy. He just wants to play a ball and have fun on the field. And I just think he is a great fit for ECU's culture, for Mike Houston's coaching staff. He connects well with defensive tackles, Coach Roy Tesh. They have a lot in common. And uh, just I, th- I think he's a perfect fit for ECU. I think he's got the chance to come in and contribute early. Now, ECU's got a defensive tackle room that is pretty deep and doesn't need maybe help right away so he can develop. But I think he'll still push for early playing time because I think he's that good uh, and that really ready to play. So ranked a top 40 prospect per 24-7 sports in North Carolina, ranked the top 30 prospect per the 24-7 sports composite, which uh, factors in the average recruiting ranking of multiple different recruiting services, not just 24-7 sports. So J.D. Lampley, and he was a big commitment, arguably the biggest of the weekend. He committed on Sunday in the exit meeting with Mike Houston. Uh, We'll continue to run down the guys who committed on Sunday first, and then we'll get more into some of the other guys who are already on the boat. Um, speaking of defensive tackles, another big one was CJ Mims out of West Craven. This is a guy that I saw in person in camp early on in June. You know, ECU's had him on his, their radar for a long time, really just wanted to see him move around and kind of show what he was all about in camp. Just a big, again, thick defensive lineman, kind of a true nose tackle type build. Um, not super tall, which is probably why some of the regional ACC programs did not pull the trigger on an offer, but extremely explosive. He was very, uh, very good in camp at East Carolina. I thought, you know, really a a guy that definitely deserves an offer. He got that offer at the conclusion of the visit. Um, easily a top 50 prospect in North Carolina, if not higher in my opinion. Granted, I haven't seen everybody, but I just think he's extremely explosive off the ball for a big guy. And if he was a little taller, he would have had a lot more offers. I also talked with uh, some guys who covered camp at North Carolina and NC State. They said he was one of the best performers there on the D-line. You know, those teams just kind of were full as far as interior defensive linemen go, didn't have room to offer him. So ECU keeps this local product from West Craven High School home in the 252. He was the guy that I wasn't sure was going to commit during the visit. I put him on commitment watch because I thought it was possible. Uh, Duke also offered him Charlotte Army. Uh, again, Coastal Carolina, Georgia State, Liberty Navy, and several other regional programs were kind of close to offering them. So you throw in C.J. Mims and you throw in J.D. Lampley, and all of a sudden you got two interior guys that are really, really good, really have a chance to be uh, special, I think, long-term in terms of their development and kind of anchoring ECU's defensive front. Continuing with the guys that committed Uh, to East Carolina this weekend. Caleb Webb is a very interesting prospect. Again, another guy I saw walking around campus absolutely looks the part. You know, offer list doesn't jump out the page off the page at you, but really a guy that just kind of got noticed in June from McEachern High School. You know, junior film was okay this spring. I think he took a big leap physically out of uh, Georgia. You know, comes from a really good high school program. Uh, But he went to the Wake Forest camp that ECU was at, and the Pirates saw him run the 40 there. I think he ran a 4-5 multiple times at 6-2.5, 185, long catch radius. Really kind of your typical guy that goes in and just blows away people at prospect camp because of his length, because of his size, and that's exactly what Caleb Webb did. 
And he, he then was invited to campus to visit ECU in June, came to campus, loved it, got an offer, then comes back for the official visit and commits. So another guy with several regional offers, also some group of five offers. Uh, Tennessee showed some interest in him after he camped just before the ECU official visit, but then he, Caleb Webb, decided to go ahead and commit to ECU on Sunday. So that is your third commitment on Sunday in terms of committing in person. And he, Caleb Webb, joins Brock Spalding as two one of two wide receiver commitments in this class. You know, Caleb, more of an outside guy, your traditional uh, taller receiver that will play on the outside. Brock Spalding, more of your inside guy, listed at 5'11", 180, just a guy who consistently catches the football. You know, Duke, UConn, Coastal, Charlotte, um, several other schools, Old Dominion, Maryland, Marshall, Liberty, Tulane, Toledo. All those schools offered Spalding, who played for uh, South County, which made it to the state championship and played against Oscar Smith in the state championship this past spring in Virginia. Uh, Spalding, much like Lampley, a guy that East Carolina was very high on from the beginning with the 2022 class and made him a priority from the beginning. And so... Spalding visited campus on his own earlier this spring, came back, and um, ended up committing. You know, did not return for this official visit weekend because his mom was involved in a wedding. I believe she was getting remarried, and then Brock. So he decided to come in in mid-June, see things on his own, an unofficial visit, and had a lot of fun. Ended up committing just a few weeks later. So a big commitment in terms of Spalding. He kind of represents that long-tenured relationship you're looking for in a recruiting class along with Lampley. So Spalding did not commit this weekend. He actually committed June 21st. I believe he was the second commitment of the 2022 recruiting class, but he was a big one as well. The other two guys that committed this weekend, again, they have not announced yet a linebacker and an offensive lineman, so we'll continue to keep you updated there going forward. Uh, moving down the commitment list, uh, another guy who announced his commitment this weekend was Ethan Lang. He actually verbally committed, I think, about a week ago, but he wanted to wait until his mom's birthday to announce his decision, which uh, was a big deal to him. And uh, the IMG Academy product projected to play center in college, you know, could potentially play guard as well. We got him listed at 6'3", 318 pounds, just a really smart and heady individual who should be a nice fit on the interior offensive line. Again, another guy with an Ivy League offer, some solid group of five offers as well. He officially visited Marshall, visited Florida International, Georgia State, Buffalo, Middle Tennessee, UAB, Western Kentucky also offered him scholarships. And just a guy who won't blow you away physically, but is kind of your classic center. You know, really quick off the ball, smart, heady, uh, intelligent individual who really should be able to play Uh, a nice role on the interior offensive line. Uh, And so there's kind of your guys who committed on Sunday, along with Brock Spalding, of course, who was committed earlier in the recruiting process. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll continue to run down the commitment list. I'll continue to give you my thoughts about these guys as we move forward on this uh, recruiting weekend wrap-up. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly 
so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, welcome back to the Hoist of Colors podcast. We are just discussing discussing Ethan Lang, and we'll continue with our offensive line talk because he is just one of three offensive linemen to uh, be on this recruiting commitment list. Of course, there are five offensive linemen actually committed, two of those being silent commitments, as we've discussed. Uh, Elijah Samples out of North Forsyth High School. I'm going to call him Eli because I think he goes by that for short. Uh, another guy that came to camp kind of as an under-the-radar the type prospect uh, or came on a visit and actually did a private workout uh, with ECU. Once they saw him in person at Mercer camp, they wanted to get him on campus and kind of show him things. And uh, I think he ended up really excelling at that Mercer camp to kind of get ECU's attention. And then he came to campus, they sized him up in person and ended up giving him an offer. And really from that point forward, Samples was scheduled to visit UAB and I think another place or two had some other interests, but he wanted to go ahead and lock up his spot. And uh, he went ahead and committed. So the second guy out of that area in the last couple years for ECU on the offensive line, of course they got CC Clark also out of um, coming Georgia in the last recruiting class. And then of course, Eli Samples in this class, another guy who probably projects more as an offensive tackle rather than interior lineman. Uh, you know, time will tell, of course, but just watching his film, you know, pretty good as a pass blocker already at the high school level. And so uh, another guy who I think is impressive. And um, speaking of offensive line, I went to the big man camp in, let's see, in, in middle to late June. They also had the Beast of the East 7-on-7, seven seven, and a guy that really stood out there from a size and effort standpoint standpoint was Amari Allen out of Vance County High School in Henderson, North Carolina. You know, 6'5", 315, just a big, big offensive lineman, physical, moves really well for his size, kind of a road grader type of guy. And he did so well that he was invited back to campus by East Carolina and then picked up an offer uh, last week late in the week, and ended up committing basically on the spot. So uh, ECU was his only scholarship offer out of Vance County, but that's fine. You know, some people always say, well, why aren't we getting guys with more offers, that sort of thing? You know, if it's me, I'm trusting Steve Sanquiler at the end of the day. You know, we're talking about a guy that's been coaching, you know, I think well over 30 years at this point at an extremely high level. He knows what type of players need uh, coming out of high school to succeed in this league. You know, you're probably the majority of these guys, especially the guys without many offers, aren't going to step in and play right away, but they had the foundation for future success with their size, their footwork, their mentality. So Amari Allen, another big physical guy that really wasn't seen by a lot of people. But, you know, if Steve Shankweiler 
offers him after evaluating him in person, then I trust Steve Shankwire's opinion. And so I think if you have sheer numbers in terms of the offensive line that ECU does right now on the commitment list, and you're continuing to add and stockpile talent that doesn't necessarily need to play right away and can develop in the program, I think that's just crucial for the uh, for the future of the offensive line. So I say take as many of those guys as you can that you can develop, especially now that their roster is in a much better shape where they can afford to take some, you know, some guys that are raw but have the potential to turn into really good players. I mean, just look at Walt Stribling from a few years ago. No other offers, and he's only been in the program now, you know, a little over a year, and he already looks like he's going to be a a guy that could be a bookend tackle in time. So um, I don't get too caught up in who else has offered a prospect, especially if ECU is evaluating those players in person, those recruits in person. Now that the pandemic is over, they can have them in for private workouts. That's more valuable, in my opinion, uh, in trusting the coaching staff's evaluations than than who else has offered them. There's been many, many recruits that came in here that had more offers on paper, if you go look at their profile or whatever, that simply did not look like AAC-caliber players when they camped here, when they work out here. And so, yeah, if the coaching staff wanted to, they could take those guys and they could – uh, just take them to make everybody happy because their stars look good or whatever. But at the end of the day, you got to take guys that you believe in from a character, talent, size standpoint. And I feel like ECU is doing that with all these guys that they've had on campus this month. All right, continuing to roll along. That's seven commitments we've gone over now. Just a few more on our nine-man commitment list. Jamarion Franklin, another really interesting player out of Lake City, South Carolina. A late bloomer in that he was 6'2", 210 prior to the pandemic. His coach said when he came back, he had ballooned to 6'5", 220. Just a really long, athletic, raw defensive end, outside linebacker type. Probably more of a defensive end that I think will grow into a guy who's playing at 250, 260, if not bigger. Um, was kind of noticed in early June out of nowhere. He went to a satellite camp at Florida State. Got an offer from Charlotte. Got some more offers as well. Then uh, I think East Carolina maybe noticed him there or got some some eyes in front of him somehow at some point, and then they invited him to campus. Again, had a private workout in Greenville, which is now allowed per the uh, the, the rules, and uh, you know ended up getting an offer. Then he told me it was his dream offer. He had always wanted to kind of play at ECU, grew up watching them, and then officially visited this weekend. But Franklin actually called and committed before the weekend, so he was a guy that ended up committing officially on June 23rd and then took his official this weekend to kind of help recruit other guys to the Pirates. So that's what you always want, you know, a guy who who really wants to be at ECU. You know, you don't see it a ton or as much as you would like to, especially with the program maybe not clicking at the same level it's been in the past. But Jamarion Franklin is a guy who not only was excited to get the offer but didn't really want to waste any time. He said, hey, I have this offer. It's committable. I want to lock up my spot, and he did that. So, again, 6'5", 230, projectable edge rusher. Another guy that not a lot of people have seen in person, uh, but looks really good. Another guy I saw just has the frame, has the size, and I think he, he's he got easy easy time adding probably 20 to 30 pounds to his frame in time. And then lastly, the first commitment of the 2022 recruiting class, uh, Siobhan Ravel. 6'2", 175, a corner who just came out of Lewisburg College to prospect camp and just absolutely crushed it. Uh, Long, athletic, 
and ran a, a 4-4 40-yard dash on multiple clocks, um, turned in an 11-foot broad jump. I mean, this guy's athleticism off the hoof is incredible. And so we'll see how he projects as he plays more at Lewisburg College. Only played in two games this past spring. Um, but a guy who just has a ton of natural ability. Now, he's got to take care of some work in the classroom, but he can't as good as anybody really this entire month for East Carolina. So he's a guy that um, the coaching staff is very high on from a physical standpoint and will be worth watching for sure as he goes on. I mean, I don't know what he will be rated by 24-7 sports. We don't do a ton of Juco scouting, especially for the lesser-known guys, but I think this is a player that could end up being a steal regardless of what he's rated uh, by the network. So there's your nine commitments as of now. Again, a number of guys who really just kind of popped up during camp season, which in my time covering ECU is almost better than um, than anything because that's where you kind of get your diamonds in the rough. You got a couple guys who are longtime targets, J.D. Lampley, Brock Spalding, uh, who ended up committing after building a relationship with ECU over the course of a year or two. So that's always good to see. So you got a nice mix right now. And then, of course, we talk about the offensive line. You know, the the two guys who have not announced yet, you're going to add some serious size up front with those guys once they announce. Another highly recruited kid who will probably be one of the highest recruited offensive linemen in, in ECU history in terms of just his rating and offers, which will be notable. So uh, a lot to look forward to. We'll have full breakdowns of those when they happen. And, of course, you're going to add a linebacker as well in the coming days. So let's talk quickly uh, about the other guys who visited this weekend but have not committed or have not announced commitments. So Terry Moore out of Washington High School, uh, another athlete who has just come out of nowhere this June in terms of uh, really being an off-the-radar prospect from uh, from local nearby Washington He's pretty much down to ECU and Duke. He took official visits the past few days. I have put my crystal ball in for Duke, and you know I'm just getting the vibe as we record this on Monday evening that he is likely heading to the Blue Devils. Again, he officially visited ECU over the weekend, did not commit to East Carolina. The Pirates are giving him the option to play running back. Duke wants him as a corner. Of course, the education at Duke is always a um, you know a pitch that is tough to beat if a guy is really academic, academically driven. Um, so we'll see what Terry Moore decides. Again, another guy in ECU's backyard, so to speak. He would like to keep him home, but maybe he just wants to get away for college football. Um, so that is the word as of right now. The highest-rated recruit to visit this past weekend was Santana Hopper out of Shelby, a powerhouse program in the, the western part of the state. You know, he's a four-star recruit for the per the 24-7 sports composite uh, rankings, a top 10 prospect in North Carolina. And uh, heard it was a very successful visit for Santana. Did not commit during the visit. Other programs really involved for Hopper include Virginia Tech, Louisville, and Appalachian State. Uh, NC State also kind of poking around. You got some other programs as well. So, uh, you know, a four-star caliber recruit. Probably going to take some more visits. Probably going to wait a little bit in terms of making a decision. Uh, but I think Santana Hopper's a name to watch. And you know, really, after the commitments of Lampley and Mims, you don't really need another defensive tackle. You would make room for a player of Hopper's um, 
talent level. He's that good. He's that explosive off the line. So another player that ECU made a lot of progress with. Two linebackers, the top two linebacker targets really on ECU's recruiting board, and Taylor Love and Zakai Barker. Uh, Love out of Alabama and Barker out of Georgia. Both those guys visited this weekend. I can tell you one of them gave their commitments. Uh, I had an interview with Love today. He was a guy who, you know, who said that East Carolina really kind of opened his eyes in many respects. It was his first official visit, but it sounds like he wants to wait a little bit longer before announcing a commitment, even though it could come fairly soon. Uh, Barker out of Norcross, Virginia, a guy who went through camp at ECU despite already having an offer and just absolutely crushed it. I think he went from a guy who was on the recruiting board to maybe the top of the recruiting board by his camp earlier this uh, this month. Then obviously came back for the official and had a great time. So we'll see what happens there. And Tyler Leinberger, the offensive lineman out of Thomasdale High School in Chester, Virginia, around the Richmond area. Another guy who had just had a really good visit. And we'll see what happens with him in the coming days. So those are the guys who officially visited and have not uh, announced their commitments yet from this past weekend. And so, you know, we know, of course, there's a few silent commitments. You can kind of put two and two together there. And I think we'll see what happens with with Moore, with Hopper, and, uh, you know, with Taylor Love and some of those guys. So a really good start to ECU's 2022 class. You know, I still don't remember a weekend quite like this past weekend where it just all happened at once. I think it's critical because it, it allows ECU to really be picky with its final uh, few spots in the class. You know, if you count the silent commits, that's 12. You know, you're probably only going to take a handful more because you, you have a pretty stacked roster as it is. You've got to account for the transfer portal. You want to save a few spots for there. So, of course, you, you really want to be selective with what you take going forward. Um, you know, running back is a clear need. We talked about Terry Moore. If he's truly heading to Duke, then you kind of have to reevaluate some of your options at running back, you want at least one running back in this class. I've heard they would like to take two as well. Um, so that could be, you know, that could be really the focus going forward is finding a running back or two to kind of fill out this 22 class. Uh, then also you kind of look at the rest of the unit. The offensive line should be pretty well set. The receiver position looks pretty well set. Quarterback, as of now, you don't really need a quarterback. You got five scholarship quarterbacks. And even if Holton Aylers moves on after his fourth year in the program, uh, you could still have four underclassmen quarterbacks. And that, and then you could probably take one in 2023 and be okay. Of course, that can always change if somebody transfers out or whatnot. But as of right now, I'm not expecting EC to take a quarterback unless it's a can't-miss guy. Uh, Receiver-wise, I mean, again, you took a bunch of transfers this offseason that are going to be freshmen. And then you have Caleb Webb and Brock Spalding in it's not really a huge need right now unless you get a can't-miss guy. Tight end, potentially a need, depending on what happens with some of the guys on the roster. There's a few offers out for the tight end position for 2022 right now. They have not had anybody officially visit as a tight end, so that will be a position to monitor going forward. Uh, moving to the defensive side of the ball, we talked about linebacker. They would like at least two inside linebackers, ideally Barker and Love. Uh, would be your two guys there. It looks like Carter Wyatt from uh, West Brunswick High School is not going to choose ECU. He did not even include the Pirates in his top four on uh, on Monday. You know, he visited at the start of the month and ended up having Duke, Georgia Tech, Coastal, and App in his top four. I've heard he's most likely heading to GT or Duke, so we'll see what happens there. But clearly not becoming a Pirate. 
as it stands right now, there are some other inside linebackers on the board, but I think Love and Barker are your top two guys there. You know, defensive front-wise, with Lampley, Mims, and Franklin in the fold, you know, they might try to add another difference maker up front, maybe another edge guy uh, if possible. But I think the bigger needs right now are in the secondary. And not really huge needs because they took a bunch last year, but they would like at least one safety and at least one cornerback. So if you could get a running back or two, a tight end, the linebackers, and a few guys in the secondary, all of a sudden you're feeling really good about this class. And then you see what's out there in the portal. You make kind of some moves there as far as short-term fixes for the next season uh, to go along with the incoming high school guys. But I'm expected around 15, you know, maybe 16, 17, 18 at the most high school JUCO kids. Uh, I think right now this the, the hope is to have the majority of that class wrapped up by the start of the football season. So, of course, then the coaches can focus on winning games on the field this fall. But it's a very, very positive start to the 2022 class. You know, the hope is to have another official visit weekend in late July, right before preseason camp. That's when the dead period, once it starts in July, it actually uh, reopens in late July. The hope is to have a few uh, few guys in for that weekend, maybe wrap up uh, some specific needs for the 2022 class. We'll continue to roll out um, not only reaction and scouting reports on the current commitments, but break down some of the top targets, some of these specific needs for the 2022 class going forward for East Carolina in the coming weeks as well. So that'll pretty much do it as far as this particular podcast. Again, just wanted to provide a synopsis of where East Carolina stands coming off a huge recruiting weekend, kind of put it all together on one podcast. Um, for our VIP subscribers, of course, you know we cover recruiting as in-depth as anybody as far as East Carolina recruiting. You know, we'll continue to have uh, fallout from the weekend and continue to break down those guys. You know, usually we catch up with the high school coaches of the players that committed. We'll do that. We'll have the scouting reports coming up. We'll continue to, to try and spread that coverage out throughout July so you guys have plenty to read even during what's a slower time. We've had a, non, a ton of new subscribers pop up on the the um on the site as a result of our special we ran this weekend for the big recruiting weekend so welcome to all those guys uh that are just diving into our recruiting coverage and um that'll take you through preseason camp you know once we get through july then we'll go straight into preseason camp coverage in august and once camp coverage is here man it it just flies by in terms of the start of the season. So we are 66 days away from kickoff. We're having that countdown to kickoff uh, on the site as well. We are 66 days away from September 2nd in Charlotte, ECU, App State. We will soon have some opponent previews and all that stuff on the site as well. So it's an exciting time, man. Tons of recruiting coverage. Again, the future of the program. Recruiting is the lifeblood. We cover that because those guys are going to be the guys you're reading about once they're here at ECU. And then we, of course, cover the on-field product as well as anybody, too. So that will be a fun season, man. It's going to be a fun season. Uh, Talking to Mike Houston last week got me really excited about the state of the program going forward. I really think they got a chance to surprise some people this year. We'll start diving into our... Uh, position player previews in the podcast in the coming weeks 
Uh, but for now, this was a recruiting-specific podcast. Appreciate you guys that listen uh, and subscribe for all our recruiting content as well. And so we will be back with you maybe in a couple days. Once these silent commitments go public, we'll run another podcast maybe around July 4th, a little after July 4th, talk about some of the fireworks as a result of the latest commitments. Because I don't know about you guys, but I am ready to share the news. Um I respect the guys that want to commit on a certain date, but it's always fun to break down the commitments once they go public. So we'll have more info once those names uh, come to light. Uh, But until then, thank you guys for listening. It was a fun weekend to cover, a busy weekend to cover. We'll be back with you next time on the Hoist the Colors podcast. something to get me up in the morning. You are a firefighter. You used to be. That will be unforgettable. In the name of your life's happiness, go get your girl. She's getting married tomorrow. Says, when do you let anything get in the way of what you want? The Fire Country season finale, Friday, 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.